This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, They always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy, now on Friday night in Marseille. The Irish rugby team really did something quite remarkable. They beat France in the home of French rugby, which is in the region around Marseille, which is a daunting place to go. Beat them 38-17. Ireland had never beaten France by more than six points in France. It was a remarkable result. and. Matt Williams was there for Virgin TV. And Matt, of course, has a long and illustrious CV, as well as contributing to the Irish Times. He is one of the members of Virgin TV's rugby analysts, and they really are outstanding. And they were again on Friday night, Matt's absence notwithstanding. And Matt was in Marseille on the pitch, The result is one thing, but the manner of it was something else. And an interesting point made in the Irish Times today by one of your colleagues that on paper it looks as if Ireland were magnificent, but I think it was Rob Carney who made the point in studio, actually Ireland can brush it up a bit and get much better. So tell us the story. Obviously Joe McCarthy, a young man, coming in, and Jack Crowley, who came in to Johnny Sexton's out-half position, were talking points. McCarthy, in particular, appears to have played brilliantly. I watched the match, but I wouldn't know the technicalities of it. He's a real find. Uh, I mean, he, he had an outstanding game. Uh, they say that the, um, the most uh, telling strategy an influence on a game a coach can have is by the people they select to play. And while that might sound pretty basic, coaches sometimes forget that. They think about the strategy in their coaching sessions, but it's actually who you select to walk out on the field. And it was proven on Saturday night that Andy Farrell got his selections 100% correct and France did not. So young uh, or, or big Joe as they're calling him, yeah. but Joe, Joe McCarthy is a monster of a guy. But he went out and it wasn't just his bulk that made him very good. He carried the ball with great 
uh, power, but also with a lot of thought. He was getting between players, Eamon. As we say, we don't run at the tree trunk of the chest. Don't don't run there. Run at the branches of yeah. the arms. And he was running between defenders so that that put him in a really strong position for either passing quick ruck or, or making ground, which he did regularly. Uh, Alan Quinlan, who was calling the game, just described it so well. He was just a nuisance at the breakdown for France. He slowed the ball down. Sean Edwards, the uh, French defensive coach, said after the game, it was exactly like last year at the Aviva. France got turned over, I want to say 12 times, I can't remember the exact number, where they only got one or two against Ireland. And a lot of that was McCarthy's driving work at the ruck. And, and again, uh, the line-out that we'd spoken about yes. uh, before the game. that had been in real trouble during the World Cup. Well, it went back to where it was this time last year in the Six Nations, a 100% record, and they stole ball off France. It was the French line-out that was uh, under pressure. So McCarthy did a phenomenal job, and that forward pack laid down the fa- foundation for the win. Now, it has to be said, no one picked Five tries to one. I, I thought if Ireland scored early and put the pressure on fan, France, they had a chance. But that margin was was extraordinary. And it was even more extraordinary because what Robbie uh, Carney said is exactly right. It wasn't a perfect performance from the Irish side. There is a lot they can improve on. Uh, and the, the young 10 that uh, that, that we, we spoke about before the game, saying that he he had to go out, uh, Jack Crowley, that he had to go out and have a good game. Now, he made a lot of mistakes, but he did a lot of things right. So as he gets better, I would expect the performances to get better as well. So it was it was really a, um, an exceptional night in Marseille, one, one of Ireland's greatest ever wins in the Six Nations. Yes, and Jack Crowley ended up very confidently. His last couple of conversions were really good, a couple of them, one of them from the touchline. He grew in confidence. As you say, he did make little mistakes, the grubber kick that was, wasn't was on and was a bit heavy. But those two young players were outstanding. Gibson Park was outstanding as well, I thought. Now, I'm not a rugby expert and I don't, I don't purport to be. One thing that is very gratifying is, and you drew our attention to it on Thursday when we spoke, the line-out and how important it is. I think we won 15 out of 50. We won them all anyway. And this is down to Paul O'Connell, one of the great players, the greatest of all time. And he works now as the scrum coach and the line-out coach. And it bedeviled us during the World Cup, didn't it? You could really say if there was any single thing that stopped us winning the World Cup, that was it. Our line-out went from 100% in this year's or last year's Six Nations, the best in the world as far as effectiveness goes, and we dropped right down the end of of the leading countries in the world for as far as the effectiveness of the line-out by the end of the World Cup. So it was a major, major problem. And, you know, Paul O'Connell uh, was simply um, had gone from being hailed as the great redeemer, which he was, when when – he was brought into the side by our uh, coaching staff by Andy Farrell. He revolutionised their play in many ways, and then it fell apart. Uh, poor, I, I felt I did feel for James Ryan, who was benched, uh, and uh, because I felt the the, the problems of the lineup were placed around his neck, 
and Henderson's. Ian Henderson from Ulster was also dropped completely out of the match day 23. McCarthy was brought in. Tyg Byrne, who also had a magnificent game, was put in the second row. And that, that selection and those outcomes really, really changed. And, of course, our tries, several of the tries, were more tries scored by our, our, our hookers, uh, Sheehan and Kelleher scored at the back of a mall that started at the line-out. And, uh, you know, even even the try that that uh, was scored by Calvin Nash, a really, really good try, had its origins back at a line-out on the other side of the field. So it, Ireland have always launched, been one of the best in the world at launching plays from line-outs. And when you don't win that ball, that really damaged line-out uh, Ireland's line-out play and launch plays at the World Cup. Now, they got that back on um, on Friday night and that was a big, big part in the result. And the French, there, was, there were stages in that first half, Eamon, the statistics were just mind-boggling as far as the dominance of possession and territory by Ireland. And it wasn't until the 28th minute that France actually set foot in Ireland's 22. And so that tells you, and then the, then the, the next time they did was on the 38th minute just before they, they had the only part of the game, the two minutes before halftime where they scored, where they looked like the French team we knew. So Ireland dominated territory, dominated possession, dominated the scoreboard, silenced an incredibly raucous <laughs> crowd in the south of France. I mean, the, I have to say, Eamon, the, uh, the singing of the of the La Marcia's in at that stadium, you know, there were people around us with tears in their eyes and they were Irish people. It was one of the great moments of sport. The hair on the back of your neck was standing up and I was sitting there as they were, as they got to the part where they say, to arms citizens or arms a citoyen, and I was thinking, how's Jack Crowley coping, <laughs> coping out there now, mate? It's a yeah. long, long way from Musgrove Park to the, yes. to the Bellodrome. But the young yeah. the young man did very did well, not perfect, and he's going to have to get better. That that yeah. is not a performance that will be acceptable in six months' time. But he'll learn a huge amount from that game. He'll learn not to force things. And there are some technical issues. It's technically, his kick that you referred to, the grubber kick, was technically poor. He's kicked out in the full, technically poor, and he got charged down, technically poor. That's all about depth. And the other part that he was doing wrong a lot of the time. I mean, he was just catching and passing without moving on to the ball. Yes. And you, you just have to do that because that makes you a threat. That attracts, attracts defenders. So when you pass, those defenders are out of the game. Now, they're small things, but crucial things, things that Sexton did well, but all quality tens around the world do them well. So he has to get better. There's no doubt about it. But in a very, very hostile environment, in the biggest game of his life, and it has to be said that is the biggest game of his life, the team around him scored five tries. He kicked some very good goals. He missed one right in front, but he kicked some very, very good ones. He will learn hugely from that and he will grow from that. Yeah, just to add something that you don't need to be a rugby expert to know, I noted in his post-match interview that his confidence was still there. He admitted the mistakes he made. And in the game itself, he never stopped looking to play, never stopped looking for the ball. He didn't go hiding. And that is... You know, very, very commendable indeed in an atmosphere like that in the biggest game of your, of your life. Just to move on slightly, the French crowd was silenced. And that's a huge thing when you go to a place like Marseille in any sport, 
we would say the same thing in soccer. Get the home crowd quiet, and that's a big part of the job, and that happens in the first 10, 15 minutes. And that's when Ireland really, really made an imprint on the game, and it was played on their terms. It's remarkable tribute to Andy Farrell, the coach, and to the leaders of that team. O'Mahony, for example, who sadly ended up on the bench. But it is a remarkable tribute to them that in the first post-Johnny Sexton game, some of the things that are so important and come down to leadership and character were very noticeable by their presence. Uh, I mean, absolutely. The, the mental strength of the French side crumbled and the mental strength of the Irish side soared. And I think Gary Keegan, who is the mental skills coach for the uh, national rugby side, has a long, long, long and very successful history in uh, Irish boxing where they won so many medals and world championships when he was there and, and then he went to the Institute of Sport as a performance director. He, You could just see the mental strength coming out and really interesting before the game, uh, and the, the, before anyone was out in the field, Jack Crowley was out on the field and so uh, so was uh, uh, Joe McCarthy. And McCarthy was walking up the field every five, ten metres because you have a different line-out call depending where you are on the field. The defend, if you're defending a trial on it's a different line-out to if you're on the 22 to if you're on the halfway. And he went up the field and you could see him mentally rehearsing yeah. those line-outs. And then he went back in to get ready for the warm-up. So there was the mental preparation. Um, Jack Crowley came out and was had the ball and was mentally rehearsing his kicking game. He didn't kick. He just he could see him there. And he was right in front of me doing the exact spot where he slotted those two great kicks from the sideline. He, at uh, 15 minutes before the warm-up, was out there with the ball on the ground, on a tee, but he didn't kick it. He was just going through what was his mental process, what's his build-up, how would he go about it. And he did that right up the field with his with – his, his kicks. Now, his kicks weren't perfect, as we said, but that tells you how much that, that Ireland are uh, putting in to the mental yeah. skills and the mental uh, the mindset of the game that we are the best in the world, we won't be bullied, we're coming out to, to bully you. If there's any bullying to be done, we'll be bullying you. And that also lends to the statistic that Ireland score in the first 20 minutes, more than any other international team in the world. So they are leading the points being scored in the first 20. And if you can score in that first 20-minute period, you do exactly what you said, Eamon, you silence the crowd. And then they built on it. And there was also a couple of other things. You come back to your leadership point. Yeah, There were times when they denied, they didn't take the penalty, they didn't take the three, and they went for the touchline, and they scored from those. And that was hugely uh, brave away from home. And they backed themselves and they delivered yep. on it. So yeah, on all those aspects of the character, of the leadership, of the mental strength, of saying, well, I've made a mistake, forget it, play the next minute, they did all of that and they delivered. Where, where it was France that seemed to, as the game went on, take on more and more burden onto their shoulders and they could not get any momentum in the game apart from that two or three minute period before uh, before half time. 
One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 upfront for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for a limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. Now, I watched the other games and people are beginning to talk we did the Grand Slam last year. That's win all games, all five games. And we are odds-on favourites to do it again. And I watched Scotland nearly blow a 27-point lead against Wales with great interest because I didn't want to watch a bad Premier League game that was on at the same time. <laughs> and believe me, there's a lot of bad Premier League games, but the hype around them is you know, something else. And also, I didn't watch England, but they only beat Italy by three points. So it seems to me that with France apparently more concerned about the sevens in the Olympics, and I want to ask you about that because you did mention and flag it up to us on Friday night, DuPont, their great player, choosing to go for an Olympic gold medal rather than the Six Nations. We must be a real good thing. I mean, we're so far ahead of Scotland and Wales that it, we're out of sight. And if England can only beat Italy by three points, I know you shouldn't count your chickens before they're hatched, but this is on. And with the mental fortitude that this Irish group have, and it remains, you know, going back, I think, to Paul O'Connell's day, to Ronan O'Gara, Cor Sexton, Brian O'Driscoll, to all those great players rugby has been so blessed with in this country, we've got a great chance and it's hard to see us blown it. Well, I mean, the other part is no one, no team has ever won back-to-back Grand Slams in the Six Nations era. Right. So uh, they've won championships, but this Ireland have a real shot at that, yes, because they have um, Italy, Scotland, 
and Wales, or in the, I'm sorry, in the other order, Wales, Scotland at home, and England away. So that's a shot at a Grand Slam. So let's say, let, let's even just play that down and say they lose to England. They will still come home to play Scotland in the last round for a championship. Now, the Grand yeah. Slam might be over, but the championship will be on because you cannot see uh, England beating France by that margin, by the 21-point by the margin that Ireland did. So Ireland, even if they did lose to England, would still win a championship. Having said that, they are very much on course for a Grand Slam. England and Italy was quite an entertaining first half. England threw the ball around and, and changed dramatically from what they were doing at the World Cup in attack. And it was it was good to see. And they've also implemented a new defensive system. Now, this system is directly from South Africa. Uh, Felix Jones, uh, an Irish player and coach, was the defensive coach for South Africa at the two winning World Cups. He has now gone to England and is implementing the similar or uh, defensive system that he implemented with the South Africans into the English system. Now, it's certainly not bedded in, and Italy found a lot of space out wide. And if England don't pick up that defensive system pretty quickly, which is all about rushing up hard, coming up fast, having a condensed line so you leave a lot of space on the outside, and Italy got the ball to the outside and got got a lot of joy. They, they led for most of the first half because of that. Now, if they England play that defensive system at that at that tempo against Ireland, Ireland will beat them by 35, 40 points. Right. So they have a lot of work to do, and you can see they are a team that is changing. Now, a lot of people said that Borthwick, Steve Borthwick, the coach, wouldn't change, but it was pretty obvious there in the first half they are trying to play uh, more attacking rugby, which is the only way they can go if they want to win anything. The way they play at the World Cup, they won't win a thing, and they've implemented a new defensive system that they haven't mastered. Now, that is understandable. The question mark is, um, do they have the calibre of athlete, that the same calibre of athlete, to yes. implement the system that the South Africans have? And there is a big, big question mark there that, okay, it's one thing having a system, but when you've got all these unbelievable athletes like the South Africans have, do England have the same calibre athlete? And to me, the answer is no. So the jury is still well and truly out whether that system will work for the English in the long term. Yeah, I just to talk for a moment about Wales. Warren Gatland, still the coach there, a great coach with a marvellous CV. And they were 27-0 down at halftime, Matt. They staged a magnificent comeback in the second half. Because really, if you look at quality, I mean, they don't even come close to Ireland or indeed even to France. The game appears to be in serious decline in one of the great nations. And while we're mentioning Wales, it's worth asking you to pay tribute to one of the great players I remember from my days as a young fella, Barry John, who died at the weekend. And I think somebody says that the word genius is often overused in sport, but it wasn't overused in the case of Barry John, was it, Matt? He was a fly half, a brilliant, brilliant player. He died at the age of 79, and that's a month after another Welsh legend, J.P.R. Williams, who was their great fullback, also died. So Wales was, and of course remains, a country with a great rugby tradition, 
and the passing of those two men is terribly sad. Terribly, terribly sad. Barry John um, was just an enigma. He he was a very slight man, um, but with electric pace, incredible agility in his feet, beautiful kicking game, and he came to personify um, the greatest Welsh generation uh, after the post Second World War. They had some, you know, they had some incredible results before the war, but post Second World War, through that late seventies and early 80s time where they were just winning back-to-back either Grand Slams, championships, triple crowns. They were just doing it at will. But yes. not only that, they were they were magnificent. The, that rugby still holds up 40, 50 years later. You go back and watch the tries you, and um, the tributes coming out the Barry John. You'll watch his tries against the great teams of the world and he is, he is mesmeric. Um, and and retired at 27, he didn't like the limelight. He found that the notoriety very hard, and of course that brought in the other great Welsh out half, Phil Bennett. So and, and sadly we've lost Barry John, Phil Bennett, JPR, and and an old friend of mine, Ray Gravel. You know from that wonderful, wonderful backline that were also almost made up exclusively the Lions back backlines as well that won in 1971 in in New Zealand, a, a very very famous tour. Uh, a lot of those guys were in there, but a, a magnificent side. But so sad. I, mean, I, I had a season with the Swansea club in the mid '80s, and when Swansea would play Clonethley or or Cardiff, there'd be fifteen to twenty thousand people yes. in the state in the St Helens in in Swansea. There, and I know there was more because the the uh, the guys that used to run the club told me they wouldn't quite declare the exact number, so they could not <laughs> pay tax on it. So I think I think that that's uh, and yeah. and and then of course you you would go up to the great Cardiff Arms Park and see these games. And, it, and it, it inspired the nations. It could be said, couldn't it, Matt, that rugby is Wales' national sport almost? Oh, without doubt. And with, without without doubt. I think the, the movement of Cardiff City and, and Swansea into the, into the Premier Leagues did rob the, the provinces of a lot of spectators uh, that would go to, the, to, yes. to see the football rather than the rugby. But look, there, there is it, it, Wales is very much like Australia. It is self-inflicted, poor leadership, shocking decision-making. So they amalgamated my club, Swansea, with Neath. They hated, literally hated each other. Swansea was white, Neath was black. That's That was literally the extremes yes. of, of, of the disdain they had for each other. And they put them together and it has never worked to be the Ospreys. It has just never worked. And right. people don't go to the grounds. Clonethley had this magnificent stadium, Stratty Park, and, and it had tin pots Oh, saucepans on top of the goalposts because that's where they made them in the metal the metal <laughs> factories that were there and they yes. sold it they sold it for um, housing development and built a new stadium and it's it's just soulless it's just you know whereas you walk into Stratty and you could smell the history you could smell the blood and skin on the ground it was a magnificent place all these decisions have added up to see the Welsh provinces in the in the United Rugby Championship for the past five or six years close to the bottom. They have not done anything in the European competition for many, many years, and unfortunately, the national team is like like Australia again. The national team is only as strong as the as the systems below, and uh, Wales are showing the systems below uh, are failing their national team, and in the exact same opposite of Ireland, because the systems below in Ireland are so strong, 
so well organised and so powerful that the national team is benefiting. A final question, Matt, before we let you go. This young man, Joe McCarthy, from what I read, praise from everybody, including Brian O'Driscoll, and it seems as if he is emerging. He's a young man, and you don't want to get carried away, but he is a giant. He is emerging. They're calling him Big Joe now, and he is big, isn't he? We could be witnessing the emergence of a truly great player in the years ahead. Well, we hope so, I mean, he, He's physically um, an extraordinary athlete. Uh, the size and bulk of him and his ability to um, be agile as well with that giant frame is, is very rare. There's not a lot of guys uh, around like that. In, on the globe, you're probably looking at at Iban Estebeth from from South Africa. You know, uh, would be the one that comes to mind. Now, there's a long, long way for Joe to go till we can compare him to Estebeth. Yes, Ireland are playing South Africa in the summer, so we'll know a bit more there. But he's certainly showing a lot of promise. He started exceptionally well. He was blooded uh, at the World Cup. And he's gone back to Leinster. He was in great form for Leinster, so his his selection was justified, and he backed up the uh, faith that uh, his his coach had in him by a wonderful, wonderful performance. So you, you certainly have this positivity there. Long way to go, but yes. but again, um, Eamon, it's, it's an example of the system that we're in in Ireland. And then Ireland under-20s come yeah, out and, we, and win yeah. uh, up just up the road in Aix-en-Provence, just up the road from Marseille. They played and they had a very, very strong win. And we have to mention that, the uh, women's seven side won the the gold medal in Perth. They top won the tournament in Perth, and the men came third. So Irish rugby, be it, be it women's sevens, men's sevens, men's under twenties, and the senior men's side are doing exceptionally well at the moment. Okay, Matt, we're very grateful to you for joining us. Matt Williams is an analyst with Virgin Media, which really was again on Friday night superb. He is also part of the Irish Times rugby team. So you can read Matt in the Irish Times. You can see him on the excellent Virgin Media panel. And we're very grateful to Matt because a very big part of this great game of rugby now is, of course, in the Southern Hemisphere. And we need the views from the Aussies. I note you have Joe Schmidt now as your new coach. That should be an interesting for Joe and for the Aussies. Yeah, very tough for him, Eamon. It's I saw them, yeah. We saw them in the World Cup. It, it, it's his biggest challenge, yeah. The game is in is really on its knees in Australia. I, I think it's a great appointment, but he, he got a lot of resentment because Australia was so sceptical of the New Zealanders <laughs> coming in that we've had it and they've led us in a poor direction in the past. But I, I, I think Joe could be could be very, very good for the senior team in Australia. If but he's going to have to prove himself because the public, they didn't want a New Zealander. Uh, they wanted an Australian. And they, but I, I think Joe will will, um, will be good for the national side. Okay, Matt, thank you very much indeed. Thanks to everyone who listened. We're going to follow this Six Nations journey, which will be happening very quickly this year to see if Ireland can make history. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon.
Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.